Well, hello everyone. Just had to come with a quick update. Uh, the irony is going to be large in this one. Because I'm about to start the first segment by saying that I'm in a really good mood and everything's going great. And at the end of the recording, I realized that it had recorded incorrectly. So the audio quality isn't great this week. I'm sorry. It made me grumpy. I hope it doesn't make you grumpy. But uh, enjoy it, because I'm not doing a show next week. I'll tell you why later. But I'll be back in, a, in a two weeks, hopefully with good audio again. Sorry. Enjoy, I guess. Bye! What's up? And welcome to Forte Catholic. I am your host, Halen Troll. And boy, I'm... This is the first time I've said this in months to start the show. I'm in a good mood today. I really am in a good mood today. Life is good. And I'm joined with a co-host who's showing me a stingray. I'm just in a good mood, too. I'm just in a good mood, too, bro. I just found this toy next to me, and I'm just like, yo, I'm just going to have some fun. What? Is that your toy? Is that one of your boys' toys? Dude, my boys. Is it, it's a stingray, right? It's a stingray. And my son, if I said that to my son, he would probably be like, it's a manatee or a manta ray. I have not a man. It's certainly not a manatee. You and I look more like manatees than manta yeah. rays, but that's yeah. all. It's a manta true. ray. And I'd be like, what's the difference? And he would tell me, I don't know. It's one of those. Yeah, well, good. I, I, I'm glad to have you in today. I've, I've just had a great week. Like, you know, it, it was Father's Day, so I got celebrated then. That was fun. Uh, my wife and I had our anniversary over this past week. Happy uh, anniversary. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. I mean, it was, it was just a good week, and I was just doing a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. But uh, there was something that happened this past week. I think it was this past week. It might have been a little over a week ago. You'll know the date better than I would. Because... Yeah, what's that, Taylor? So you and I, over the last, like, two months or so, We've both been watching Community. And I, I, it wasn't just like the TV show Community it came out on Netflix at the beginning of the quarantine. I, me and my wife started watching it. You and your wife started watching it. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool, 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 cool. <laughs> so we watched that. And then like we watched Just Mercy. And like three days later, y'all watched Just Mercy. And so y'all are just it's a few days behind us of all of our great ideas. I just kind of think like you're stealing from us. But that's a whole other thing. <laughs> no, but it's, it's cool. We've, we've, you know, we've bonded over it. We've been able to text back and forth about it. And then uh, instead of bonding, you and I, we kind of got into it. We're having fun, but we kind of got into it because here I am. I'm laughing about the whole thing, but inside, like part of me is laughing and the other part of me is dying inside <laughs> because you were like, I'm watching Community with my wife. And what did you say? You asked like a question where you wanted people to like ask me anything, right? Yeah, they asked me anything, which is one of my favorite ways to get to know people because you don't just, right, it's never just like, I never look at it like, ask me anything so that I can ha have attention on Twitter. I it always turns into a conversation, like every time, like, Joan, what's your favorite movie? And then I'll share my favorite movie. And like 20 people that I'm friends with on Twitter will be like, that's my favorite movie. Have you seen this? Somebody from that night actually sent me a book after they said, what's your favorite book? They literally sent a book to my house, which is one of the first books I've read in a long time. I'm, I'm currently reading it right now. It's beautiful. So that's why I did it. And I, I was relaxing. I was having a drink. The kids were sleeping already. And I was like, let's do this. I, I'm always on my phone during community because it's such a slow paced show. And season four was horrible. And so I was just tweeting and hanging out with Jody. So, yeah, so here's, here's what was funny. And I had a revelation later, but we, we have to get to the revelation later. Um, so uh, I'm reading it and I'm like, you've got to be kidding. I'm reading it like my wife and I were about to hang out. Like I, I had done some work through the day. I had done a stream during the day, hung out with my kids during the day. And like how our like family works is like, 
neither of us can stand to watch a TV show we actually care about when our kids are awake. So we yeah. put the kids to sleep because like the interruption's annoying. So we put the kids to sleep and then we're watching the show. And like she's finishing up doing something. So I'm sitting there about to watch uh, some show with my wife and you're like, hey, ask me anything. And because you have 80,000 followers or whatever it is, uh, you're getting a lot of people. So you're interacting. So I'm here sitting here picturing you and your wife trying to spend time together watching Community and you just on your phone ignoring her the whole time. And it made me <laughs> upset. And I was like, please, like, and it was one of those things that I was like, I was you know, halfway joking, but I was like, John, get off your phone, please. And then you like quote tweeted me. You were like, imagine thinking watching Community with your wife is spending quality time. <laughs> yes, okay, okay. So here's the thing I learned right away, right away. You sent that and then we kind of got into it a little bit and it was funny, but right away I was like, I need to just always assume the best of people. Because I'm like, how dare he, like, come at me and how I spend time with my wife. Like, he doesn't know, what, like, what else we did all day or whatever. And then later, as we kept going, in my head, I was like, you know what? Taylor's a really good guy. I, I bet he just has a different way of viewing what this looks like. And so he was just like, why? How could that be a thing? And so it ended up being a great lesson for me as well. But continue. Yeah, yeah. And, and it was so, like, I'm sitting there and I was, I was first, I mean, I, I wasn't ever, like, mad or, like, actually, I was just like, John. Like, because here, here's where I'm coming from. Whenever I watch TV, this has happened primarily with two people. My love language is quality time. My primary one is quality time. And then the second one is touch. We're not going to talk about that one. <laughs> quality time is the primary one. And so like both, like when my wife and I were, were, were dating, it was long distance. So we didn't really deal with this. But like in our first, like a couple years of marriage, like we would do things like, you know, j just being together, whether it was watching TV or watching a movie or eating, eating dinner or whatever it was. I would get really frustrated because like she would be on her phone or doing other things like while we're watching a show. And one, it frustrated me because then she would ask me questions about the plot of the show. And I was like, well, if you just watched it, you would have known. <laughs> yeah. But secondly, like I didn't really know this about myself, but because like my primary love language is quality time, like just being in somebody's presence and doing something together means a lot to me right and it, yeah. and it kind of feels like if somebody's on their phone that they're ignoring me even during something like tv or a movie yeah. where you're, even not... when you're both already mutually ignoring each other for the <laughs> same purpose see but i don't see it as mutually ignoring each other right because we're, we're we're watching it we're engaged we'll talk about the show or whatever but like like being on a phone is essentially cutting me out of the out of the conversation so it means a lot to me and both my my wife uh, it wasn't really as important to her. Like now, she, now she does it more because she loves me for some reason. And like my best friend was the same way. I, like he would come over to watch movies and then just be on his phone the whole time. I'm like, why are you here? <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you would hate me. If it's a new movie that I'm into, and that's another distinction I'll make real quick. Like, so when we watch Blacklist together, I'm not on my phone, like not nearly as much, but like community, I'm kind of over the show. Uh, she likes it more than I do. And so I'm like, let's watch this movie or this instead. And she's like, no, community. And so our compromise is like, fine, we can watch community, but like, I'm only going to half watch it. And it's, it works for her. Well, I, I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it was interesting because like both of us were like defending what we did that day and how we spend our time and all of this stuff. And then I, I asked, it's when I started realizing this, I was like, it was a weird thing because I didn't want it to be weird, but I was like, what's your wife's love language, you know? Yeah. Because essentially, it's like, if it didn't bother her, it didn't bother me, right? Like, why would it bother me if it didn't bother her? Because literally, right. all I was thinking was, <laughs> you and your wife deserve some some time together, right? Because uh, I know you've been busy and all this stuff. For a so, minute, you pictured yourself cuddling with me. It's okay to admit. With, with you, and you were yes. upset that I was on my phone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. I was very upset. <laughs> uh, so, 
Yeah, it, it was one of those things that you were like, it's, it, I forget what your answers were, but neither of you were your love language quality time. And I was like, okay, like it's not, it's not as big of a deal for you guys as it would be for me. Uh, so I, I just found it interesting. And I was like, look, we can disagree on this thing. We could disagree and both be right. And that's not always an option. It's very rarely an option, right? But yeah. when, it com- when it comes to love languages, all of our ways that we, we give and receive love are good ways to give and receive love, right? But, it do- but essentially with love, like mine is quality time. So like I naturally want to receive quality time with other people and my natural one to give is quality time. But if you're... Yours isn't quality time. That's not how you want to receive love. You want to receive something else. <laughs> Words of affirmation. <laughs> which is which I thought was funny because you absolutely saw what I said, not as words of affirmation. <laughs> 100%. Well, you know what's interesting is I forget what I actually said to you about what my wife's love language is, but I but I, whatever I said, I might have been a little misleading. Her number one way of receiving love is quality time. But we do not, she, I should say, does not count watching TV as quality time. It is a top three favorite thing for her to do with me. It's like our number one way of relaxing. We have to fight uh, to not do that, to go and like just have a big long conversation instead or, or go do a project on the house or whatever. And so that is like a point I would have made if I had 300 characters is her love language is quality time, but she didn't see that as quality time. So it doesn't matter that I'm on my phone. Had I been on my phone while we were having a conversation or at dinner or whatever, yeah, I absolutely would have heard it. Yeah, for sure. So, I, so I, I like the whole the whole evening. Like you had ignored your wife while y'all hung out, and then my wife and I came and and like <laughs> just <laughs> I started thinking like as I was going to sleep, and I was like, oh, okay. So we all give and receive time or uh, love differently, right? And we all know that. But then I started thinking about like my relationship with God and my prayer, and I I found this huge dichotomy within me that's really strange and I never realized it until our conversation was that when it comes to quality time with Jesus, like in the sense that like, so that there's, there's like two kinds of quality time, like the TV where we're kind of ignoring, not ignoring each other, but we're just together in the same yeah. room doing something. Like one of the other things that my, my wife, like when we first got married, like I would be like playing video games or watching a show or something and she would be doing something else solitary in the other room. And I was like, why don't you just come do that solitary thing next to me, right? Yeah, and because I agree least, with you. I yeah. agree that that is better. And yeah, I agree with you that I see the difference. I see that. Right, so there's those two, there's that kind. And then there's obviously the quality, uh, other types of quality time, going on a date, uh, you know, having conversations, other things. Right? Suit yeah, yeah. <laughs> So there's, there's, there's those other things. But I, I realize when it comes to my relationship with God, the, the thing that I desire from, from my wife, like that, like just come sit and be solitary with me or just be in my presence and, and let's just, we, we don't even have to be talking. Yeah. That's the kind of prayer that I am the worst at, which is so strange because it's the thing that I'm like best at when it, within human relationships. Like when it comes to me and prayer, it's so hard for me to go into the Adoration Chapel or, or, or just wherever I am, begin in prayer and to just sit down and shut up and be with Jesus. I just yeah. want to talk the whole time. And that's not anywhere close to how I am quality time with people. And I just found it strange. That is strange. And you and I are the opposite there. Like that is probably my best way of praying. And I need to start being better at praying the rosary and like doing, uh, you know, doing liturgy of the hours and, and going to daily mass. Like I, I'm good at going and chilling and getting lost in my thoughts and just like literally falling asleep on the chapel floor is one of my favorite things to do. Uh, the prayer of St. Joseph, you know. 
So it's a, we're, we're so interested. We have so many things in common, Taylor. And then so many little funny differences. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And that's what I think is so funny is like people that I like absolutely disagree with, I don't spend much time with them, right? But yeah. then like the people that I'm close with, whenever I see something, I'm like, like, like the quality time thing with you, like you being on your phone while watching TV with your wife came so out of left field for me. I'm like, we're so similar. <laughs> that, and yet I would never in my life do that, you know? What <laughs> a husband. Yeah. But it, it, yeah, it was, it was funny because like, I, I, I mean, I think both of us are uh, good dads, maybe not great, but we're both good. We're both good husbands. You're b probably better than me. Uh, but like good people trying to do the right thing. And that right thing is different for all of us. Right. So I, I yeah. just, I, I just thought that it was, it was interesting because so often, like sometimes we can look and make assumptions about people's actions. Like there, there are some times that we can do that and be right. But then there's al also times where it's like, I, because I know you and I genuinely like you, I didn't assume the worst about you, but I was still kind of putting my, my view onto you and your wife's relationship, right? And, right. and, it was, and those things were, were different, but then ultimately both of us are doing what's best for our brides, our relationships, even though they look very different. And I just thought that was interesting and kind of a nuance that we don't find too much anymore because anytime anybody's different, it's just like, yeah. <laughs> I hate you. Yeah. I don't hate you. I don't hate you most of the time. Um, Thank you. I've never <laughs> once hated you. How about that? Mm. I I've loved you so much that it negated the times you never once hated me. Thank what? you. What? <laughs> <laughs> Ricky Bobby. That didn't make any sense at all. So, I had a good week. I, you said happy Father's Day to me. I did not say happy Father's Day to you. So happy Father's Day. Did y'all do anything special? Thank you. Um, so it was very weird Father's Day for me. I woke up, uh, made a really nice breakfast for my in-laws and my kids, which was fun. I love cooking. So that's a, a way I like to relax and play uh, and like enjoy Father's Day. Um, and then I had to go to work for just a little bit, which was nice because it was mass, just being at mass and, and making sure people can be there safely. So that was good. Oh, John considers mass as work. What a good Catholic. <laughs> I never say I'm going to work when I go to mass for myself, but I went to work to work, but it happened to be at mass. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so you didn't go to mass. You just went to work. I see how it is. <laughs> <laughs> We're fighting. Um, it would have been better to go to mass with my family, but we didn't sign up in time uh, that week, which is my fault. Isn't that a weird thing to say? Like, I, I completely understand what you just said, but yep. it would have made no sense four months ago <laughs> we didn't pick a seat and i could have like i could have done it and and snuck in anyway but i, I want to follow the rules um and then and then i got home and hung out with my kids for a little bit and then they left they, they went with the in-laws for the rest of the week they've been here all, they've been there all oh. week uh, up north so i like yeah like happy father's day john the kids are not here um uh, so the baby's here and it's been great to get some quality time with her and jody throughout these last few days um but i bought myself taylor something that you and i are going to use when you visit me um, it, it's my Father's Day gift. I, I got an espresso machine, which is my actual Father's Day gift. And then my grill broke on Father's Day. It collapsed because um, I didn't take care of it well enough. So you and said you had a great Father's Day and I'm starting to not believe you. No, this I did. Like because, a terrible Father's because Day. Because then, <laughs> then I said to Jody, I said, I got to get a new grill. And her mom was there and she backed me up. She's like, yeah, John needs a new grill. Like, you know, hon, like he, he really does. He does a lot of cooking for you. I'm like, look at you, mom and mom, let's go. <laughs> and so I bought a wood pellet fire smoker, which you can, has Wi-Fi. It connects everything. You can smoke meat for like 12 to 16 hours at the same exact temperature Bro, you're gonna come what over. What do you mean it has Wi-Fi? It has it has Wi-Fi, so it, it it the thermometer goes into the meat, and then you can connect to the Wi-Fi to make sure the meat is at the same temperature and set alarms 
on your phone to go off when the meat is reaches the temperature where it's done. That is ridiculous. And if, if you need to make it lower because you're out of town or you're out of you're out of the area, you can you're literally out turn of it. town. Why would you have a, a grill on if you're out of town? Twelve hours, bro. You can smoke for twelve. Hours. You could put it on the smoker in the morning. Go to the city for the day and then be like, oh, I got to turn it down and turn it down on your phone. I'm that's, so excited, brother. I'm so un- excited. That's unbelievable. That is that is the most Father's Day gift I've ever heard. Thank about. you. <laughs> oh, I'm so pumped, bro. So I'm, I've, it's coming tomorrow. I'm gonna I'm gonna test it, do a little stream with it. Uh, it's gonna be fun. That's hilarious. So it, it's funny because again, you and I's definition of a good Father's Day is very different. <laughs> yeah. What's your so What's your definition of a good Father's Day? Uh, I had a great Father's Day, and this is this is what it was. So it was uh, I. Uh, you said you love to cook and you started the day cooking. That's the exact opposite of what I would want on Father's <laughs> Day. Like, so what we did was we went out for like brunch because it, it was like, wasn't quite breakfast time, wasn't quite lunchtime. We went out and uh, the whole family, all of us went out to eat. It was great. And then we came home and because we had such a big meal, uh, we didn't have to like we didn't have to eat lunch then, right? Yeah. So it came dinner time and my wife was like, what do you want to eat? And I was like, I think we're going out again. So we went out to eat twice <laughs> on beautiful. Father's Day, which I love going out to eat. And that's, you know, a, another example of quality time with me and my family. We're just kind of hanging out there. We caught a lot of Pokemon together. We went on a walk, just spent a lot of time with the kids because my kids didn't abandon me on Father's Day. Thank so you. it was good. It was good. That's amazing. Do you want to something real quick that's crazy? Sure. Do you know the number two holiday in the world in America is uh, Mother's Day? You know yeah. what Father's Day is? Uh, like 30th. 10th after arbor day (laughs) name nine holidays go uh christmas okay we got we got the other ones uh uh, uh, christmas fourth of july uh uh memorial day uh 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 uh, the other memorial day what's it called (laughs) (laughs) labor day labor day Day, yeah um uh, uh arbor day uh, probably isn't one of them. No, I don't even know. But come on, mate. We can't even name nine other holidays off the top of our heads and Father's Day's 10th. Yeah. That's why you can go to brunch and be like, oh, we're just going to go to brunch. Where in Mother's Day, you got to have a reservation a month out. Right now. It's ridiculous. Well, uh, this has been a great conversation. We, we disagreed here. And there's, there's a person uh, that we're going to have on the show, our interview today, that a lot of people agreed with over the last week and a half. And a lot of people disagreed with. If you did not see uh, Sam Rocha and Trent Horn of Catholic Answers uh, debated about, uh, about socialism, and it's kind of ruffled some feathers here over the last week. And uh, Sam and I started talking uh, over uh, Facebook Messenger because I just, I just enjoyed the debate. I usually stay away from all that stuff, but I enjoyed it. So uh, I invited him on to have a conversation. Uh, this was a couple of days ago, so John wasn't, John wasn't there. It was just me and Sam, and we're going to take a quick break, and I'll be right back with that conversation. Then John and I will finish off the show together. Don't go anywhere. All right, I'm back. I have some sad news to share with you. For the last almost four years the show has been going on, we have had a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. But we've had some trolls recently, and they've brought it down to a 4.5. And I don't like 4.5. It's much higher than my GPA was, but that wasn't on a five-star scale because it would have been much worse in that case. But anyway, uh, here's what I need. I need you to do me a favor. I need you to go into your Apple Podcast app 
and search Forte Catholic. It's, it's weird. You can't do it like if you're already listening to it. You have to search Forte Catholic, go over to it, leave a five-star review, say something nice and kind. If you don't have anything nice and kind to, about me, say something nice or kind about a guest or a co-host or something. It would really help. I want to get that 4.5 to go away. Please help me. back to Forte Catholic. I am joined by uh, a man who, who uh, is, he's a great dude, but he made himself uh, newsworthy in the last week or so uh, by debating uh, Trent Horn about uh, socialism. And, and it was a very interesting debate, highly talked about on, on the internet. And I came, I had very different takeaways than what I thought going into listening to it. Uh, so I brought, I brought Sam on the show. Sam, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, Taylor. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to have you here. Uh, I was telling you right before the show, it's like I've known your sister for a while. We did some ministry together a few years ago, and you know we've just kind of kept up with each other on social media ever since. And so I kind of knew a little bit about you, or about uh, about her, and about y- y'all's father. And mm-hmm. then I, I I learned about you, and you, we had become you know social media friends, but never really interacted. And then I heard this debate, and uh, and I enjoyed it, and I was like, that sounds like a guy I'd like to talk to. Yeah. <laughs> So for those that don't know, uh, Trent Horn works for for Catholic Answers, and Catholic Answers hosted a debate, and the premise was, uh, I might get a a word or two wrong, but essentially Trent was arguing the affirmative. You were in the debate. I should have let you do this. So the resolution (laughs) was no one can at the same time be a good Catholic and a true socialist, and he was arguing the affirmative, so he was affirming that resolution. Sure. And then so so obviously you were you were debating on the other side. Yeah. And coming into it, I just kind of want to share some of like my where I was coming from with it is like I grew up in the the most red county in the most red state in America. Um, so like very, very conservative. And then, you know, as I was growing up, I was like, OK, I think the far right kind of annoys me. So I, but I still consider myself more right than even middle. Right. And then sure. as I started getting older, I'm like, everybody's driving me crazy. Political conversations drove me crazy. Um, I'm, I'm not smart enough to have the conversation that you two were having in the debate. So I was like, I, I think I'm somewhere in the middle to the right. And then I had an experience in college where uh, I went to a school that was very on the far, far, far left. Like in my opinion, mm. so far left that it wasn't even Catholic anymore. Mm-hmm. So kind of, like, mm-hmm. I kind of had this aversion to a Catholic left. And then uh, as I've kind of gotten older and, and like, honestly, like, you know, gotten to meet a lot of friends over the last like uh, five to seven years, it's like, there is, there are people that are on the left that are Catholic. And so like, obviously like if there is a right, there has to be a left, you know, that's just kind of sure. how I was thinking about it. Sure. And, uh, and I really appreciated your thoughts on the debate. And, uh, and I think you won, to be honest. Well, this is this is a matter of certain amounts of controversy, and I'll be honest with you, it's not terribly important to me. You know, this isn't an MMA fight, and I was a debater in high school, and I was good, and I won a lot, but, you know, hopefully that this is not that kind of a thing. For me, what matters is the point you raised. Um, we're not so different in some respects. I lived in Mexico for about two and a half consecutive years, off and on, back and forth across the border. And when we, where we lived in Reynosa, there was only one English radio channel, which was the EIB network, 
which as you might know, that's Russia's network. Oh, I, no, I don't know. I'm not I, smart. This is, that's why this isn't a debate. We're just no, <laughs> no, no, not at all. All I'm trying to say is like, I cut my teeth as a child during like the Clinton presidency on Rush Limbaugh every afternoon. Dr. James Dobson, Focus on the Family, Dr. Laura Schlesinger. I definitely came up seeing myself as a young conservative, as on the right. I was so far right that I thought George Bush was too far to the left of the Republican Party. I wrote in Alan Keyes as my very first vote in 2000. <laughs> I read Pat Buchanan. I watched Firing Line uh, when I could get it on YouTube, William F. Buckley Jr. You know, so like my point of view as a Catholic, it resonates with yours in the sense that like I, I did grow up, I think, in a kind of intellectual age where first things and like all this stuff, uh, the right excited me about ideas actually. And so my movement to the left and, 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 and definitely my role in this debate was not meant really to give a counterbalance to that so much as to say, look, someone like me uh, who went to Franciscan and who has the ideas that I have isn't coming to you from Richard Rohr or James Martin or, you know, the outskirts of Gonzaga or Georgetown. I don't know, frankly, the left there very well at all, but I have come to certain principled views and I've also discovered within, you might say, the, the conservative tent, a place where there is a, a particular kind of Catholic leftism that is deeply faithful, that's deeply devoted, and it's actually pretty radical. And I would say arguably more radical than the more activist-leaning voices we're used to hearing to on the left. And so I came to represent that view and that experience in my own life uh, when I came to the debate with Trent. Uh, who won? That's up to the the viewer you know <laughs> yeah and it's and it's been interesting it's been it's been kind of cool for me not only to, to like experience it myself like i tried to stay away from like commentary on it before i listened for myself um and i was coming in like you know i, I told you it's like i i don't like politics so the, the primary reason that i that i don't learn about political things like listen to political things and and even engage in a lot of the like right and left like catholicism stuff mm -hmm. is just so angry like everybody's just yelling at yeah. each other and i was like well, like I know Trent. Trent's been on the show. I know the guys from Catholic Answers. I know your family. So, like, just what I knew, I was like, mm. this isn't going to be a yelling match and be just kind of petty and annoying, right? This is going yeah. to be two guys that, uh, you know, like I, I've known a lot from Trent and I know your family. Like, just two places that I respect. That I was like, okay, let's let's listen to it. And I and I came away from it. The reason I think you like won that specific debate, like specifically on, you know, can a good Catholic be a true socialist mm -hmm. is that you just gave three examples of people who are saints. So like, I think the saints are, are our good Catholics. Right. Mm -hmm. And and like, not only did that quote unquote win the debate in, in my eyes, but it, it opened my eyes to be like, Oh, I grew up in where capitalism is just the best. Right. And I, and I kind of always thought that and like walking away from, from listening to the debate, I was like, uh, I was like, okay, I'm opened up to this idea of like good Catholics can be, true socialists. And then mm -hmm. I started thinking like you gave that argument like within the first like 10 minutes that you had. Yeah. So you had already won the debate to me. So then in my mind, like I was like, okay, which one of these is best as a Catholic? Cause that's mm -hmm. just how I'm listening to it. Like, like I mm -hmm. want to be the best Catholic. I'm not good at that. And I think everybody listening knows that, but I would like to be the best Catholic I can. I'm with so, you on that too. Yeah. <laughs> so which one's the best? Is it capitalism and, and it has its flaws? Is it socialism and it has its flaws, but both have upsides? And it's like, and again, I found myself like as a Catholic that I don't ha really have a home on the right or the left. Sure. It's like, but it opened my eyes to start thinking about 
what is the the benefits of socialism? You started sharing some of that. Um, and and my and my primary takeaway, like I was saying, was just like there are some things uh, within socialism that are answering the gos- the call of the gospel that capitalism isn't. I think yeah. you know with with the counterbalance with that you could still make that same argument for capitalism, right? So uh, I don't know. I just I just appreciated y'all's y'all's cordiality uh, and the fact that you're both smarter than me and that it just opened my eyes to oh you know this there is a new thing that I had never thought about that can still be Catholic. Yeah, I, I appreciate that takeaway, and I, I, I the only thing I don't like is you saying that you're not smart enough for this. I, I, the only thing I probably <laughs> disagree with of, of what you said there, if you don't mind me kind of sure. pressing a bit, is I completely understand people's aversion to politics because of how nasty it is, and it just it makes your your stomach feel weird, and and you and you don't want to be in that kind of relation with other people. But I think that desire to avoid negative relations with others is itself conceivably a politics. For me, the assumption oftentimes is that politics must, but notice how many people hate religion because they associate religion with a similar kind of combative dog, you know, and I think the message of the gospel and the message that those of us who promote this message is that that's not religion. And I think we can also see the fact that that's also not politics. And then when we go deeper, I mean, how can you read the Magnificat without politics? You know, just the the idea that he has scattered the proud in the conceit of their heart. He has put down the mighty from their seat. He hath exalted the humble. I mean, to me, the scripture is where I first encountered politics. It was in the book of Samuel, the election of of Saul and that whole saga that, that played out. Right. Um, the the infancy narrative is just completely shot through with politics. So for me, I, I would I would argue that people who are religious but don't like politics in many cases may have access to a politics that they themselves don't quite realize and so by pushing off against it all and being maybe apolitical or not wanting to get into it they might miss an opportunity to give a certain kind of testimony to the gospel that i think is in our tradition you know and i think this is where maybe trent and i really disagree at, at a more fundamental level you can't quite have a debate over it because you can't get really clean terms on it. But like, I think there's a certain worldview in the United States in particular that understands the political in a very certain kind of a way. But I think there's a way to think of the political that might be a bit different. And so you'll notice that like a lot of the criticism that I've received, and and I'm thankful for it because it helps me understand myself better, is that I didn't give like a really hard definition of socialism. Mm-hmm. And you'll notice that my meaning of socialism section was about alienation and the order between capital and labor and the way this plays it out in private property, which you might say is really soft. But your aversion to a politics that's harsh and combative is kind of the reason why I wanted to present a kind of soft politics, you know, because when you look at like the three people I mentioned now for Saudi was literally punching fascists. So I don't think the dude, <laughs> I don't think the dude was like soft, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he represented a kind of hard, soft politics, whereas Camara in Brazil was deeply moved by the impoverished people in the favelas of Brazil and the fact that they just didn't have food to eat you know and i think there's a certain softness of heart 
that we need to have in our politics. So you might say that if you're not comfortable with the left, you could say that I want to oppose the kind of hard politics of the right and of, in particular, of the American political imaginary with maybe a softer politics that I think is more representative of the way the world probably more, like only in America are there GoFundMes because people get sick. And as someone who lives in Canada, it, it crushes me. Because I'm from Texas, like you, right? right. And, and I, I have all my family and all my beloveds are in the United States. And every time I see a GoFundMe, I've even started one for a friend who got cancer. It kills me. Why is this society so hard <laughs> of heart that it doesn't see the public and social nature of health, right? That's my politics. And that's the politics I wanted to bring to the table. And I think that's where probably Trent and I disagree. I th and And... But we probably couldn't have a clean debate about it because there are hard definitions for that kind of stuff. Right. So now, uh, you know, I, I've been told before that I need to be more political uh, by a man named Pope Benedict the Sixteenth, and I've always felt guilty about it. And yeah. now I'll, I'll think about you every time I'm not engaging in politics because uh, you're making me feel guilty as well. Hallelujah. Uh, but like, what's what's interesting is like like the the conversations that I am able to have both about like like politics and religion. Like obviously, like I work in in faith-based things like almost my whole life and even even faith-based things i got out of like sharing on social media for for two reasons one because of the ugliness that i was talking about with with politics right just kind of people yelling at each other um like wondering the effectiveness of it um and then and then three uh there was no nuance left which mm -hmm. is why i like this form, like two people having a conversation that's longer than, you know, 140 characters or whatever we're doing on, on social media. And it's also why I liked the you know hour long debate that you and Trent had. You were able to both kind of go into into more depth. So um, let's let's dive into uh, because I know like just coming from uh, assumptions, like, especially like where I grew up and where I am, that a lot of like Catholic media and a lot of uh, just Catholics, especially in, in the South, just where my experience is yeah. do lean more to the right and have an aversion even to left within Catholicism. And I think the thing that I've been like uh, ever, ever since college that I've been kind of opened up to is realizing that I don't really have a home in any political structure, right? Like there, there are things from the gospel that Republicans affirm. There are things from the gospel that Democrats affirm and you can't, no matter which party you pick, you can't have all of the gospel. You can't have all of the Beatitudes. You can't have all of Christ's teachings. You can't have all of the church's teachings in one. And, and I think even within Catholicism, like a lot of people get frustrated when we put like right and left within of Catholicism, course. right? Yeah. But it's there, which is why I, I'm going to talk about it. And it's my show, so I can do whatever I want, right? So <laughs> like, like there are a lot of Catholics on the right. And I think a lot of Catholics who listen to Catholic radio and, and Catholic podcasts are on the Catholic right. Now, maybe podcasts, uh, it's a younger audience, might skew a, a different way, but the primary th reason I wanted to bring you on was one, just to compliment you because you did a great job, but two, uh, that, that. That, that's more to build both of our egos, but that's a whole nother thing. But just to at least open people's minds up to that. There is, if there is a right within Catholicism, there is a left within Catholicism. Um, so just kind of in our, in our last few minutes here, what is, what does that look like? And like what, and, and I guess what has kind of been your experience um, trying to do that? I'm going to say something super controversial. Um, that's why I brought you on. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And I'm saying this with a lot of love. And I'm saying this as someone who knows the very suburban life teen Franciscan summer conferences. I was in Alexandria in 1998, buddy. I was a young apostle. Like I'm not talking from the outside looking in. Right. But 
I think a lot of the assumptions people have about the sort of right, even in the so-called South, is mainly because it's predominantly white. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm married to, uh, you know, fourth generation Polish, Ukrainian, uh, beautiful woman. My children are mixed race. I, I love everyone. But I do think that, um, for instance, in the Rio Grande Valley, if you go, if you keep driving south, uh, demographics are going to change. <laughs> and so are the politics. And I think a lot of times the narratives as to why don't come from the people themselves. I know the right wing politics is that, yeah, because they get all the handouts from the Democrats and that keeps them on the dole and that keeps them voting for Democrats. Fine. There's probably a lot of truth to that, but that's only the narrative that's coming from the right. There's also a narrative that comes from the left, and that narrative is historical. Cesar Chavez, whenever he's appealing for workers in the fields out in California, Dorothy Day and the worker and the and the Catholic Workers Movement, including one of the most successful houses in Houston, and where their newsletter comes out. A lot of the black white uh, labor alliances between um, Christians, not 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 Catholics usually, but in this case, our brothers and sisters from the Protestant churches. Labor politics in the United States including the civil rights movement when priests and nuns walked arm in arm with Dr. King and, and, and suffered and cried uh, uh, whenever, you know, Birmingham happened and all these things. Um, this is where the church has been. And Texas, by the way, has been of this sort of kind of labor politics, blue collar. LBJ comes out of te- Texas. Ann Richards comes out of Texas. The revisionist history from a very particular social class that's coded in many cases by race. And I'm saying this as a, as a person who played on the basketball court that used to be Our Lady Guadalupe Chapel whenever St. Patrick's Church in Brady and Our Lady Guadalupe Chapel were segregated uh, small town uh, parishes. Right. I, I was mentored by Father Sam Holmesy, who in Ballinger, Texas, abolished the, 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 the race divide without telling the Bishop of San Angelo. So like I'm speaking with a lot of affection and a lot of uh, a lot of roots and a lot of a lot of blood from from, from this place. I'm, I'm in Canada, but I'm with you right now in Texas. Right. Yeah. This is the tradition that I feel that the mainstream today uh, primarily um white right-wing demographic in the South um, too easily forgets, but we are with you and we are part of you. And if you could open uh, your imagination and also your arms to this history and to these people and to these experiences, I don't think necessarily you'll go left, but I do think your politics will radically change because you'll see what it means to advocate for workers' rights whenever you're advocating for workers in bodegas and in fields and not doing tech and this, that, and the other. And so for me, there's something almost sociological that that can be transformed here. And I think this is what Christ does in the Gospels, like when he meets a Samaritan woman. But I've gone on long enough, and I hope I haven't been scandalous, and I hope I've been able to speak from a place that doesn't sound angry. Yeah, no, you do, you haven't you haven't sounded angry, and I think the biggest thing, and like I, like I felt challenged by a lot of things that you've said in the debate with Trent, and I felt challenged today, and I think we all need to. And like I said, for better or for worse, it's it's who I am. Like I, I don't like the the going back and forth and the, and the angry of it. So I think the fact that that we can have a, a polite conversation, you can share these things, is what is going to help people 
it's helped me. I, I just speak for myself. It's helped me in the last week and a half just to to be challenged in a good way because people don't like to be yelled at. They don't like to be told you're doing this wrong and you need to change. Um, and that's like Jesus did that sparingly, right? That's and he right. did that with the people in power yeah. and the Pharisees yeah. and kind of the political and religious leaders. Yeah. I'm not a political or religious leader. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, like, and, and most people listening aren't either. It's just yeah. kind of the normal people. Jesus spoke to normal people in a way that was challenging, but mm. but loving. Do you know what challenges me the most about what Jesus did, though, in the Gospels in terms of his emotions? My favorite line in Scripture is two words. Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, there's almost more passion there than in the passion. Because <laughs> Calvary is such a setup, right? You know, we're, we're he's telling them to get ready. It's kind of like, you know. But Jesus wept. The fact that he just on a drop of a dime just started crying because he missed his friend. And to me, this is what I think the soft politics I've been talking about. This is the real font. It's not really primarily. It becomes anger. Yeah. And sometimes that anger is righteous, by the way. But I do believe that at the very source of this is a profound, in some cases, sadness and suffering. And the call to those who are perhaps accepted from that at times is that you have to come down and suffer with and be with those amongst you who who are going through that. And I think anyone who goes through that experience has to have their life transformed, not only religiously, and I think that's part of it, but also politically. And that's my that's my politics. Yeah. Yeah, well, I appreciate you you, you sharing that uh, not only here with us, obviously, but also like going on. I mean, one of the the biggest stages uh, with Catholic Answers, they're one of the leaders in Catholic media, and uh, uh, be, being willing to go and, and share that, um, I, I really do appreciate it. I got a lot out of it. It started a lot of conversations with with my wife, with with a, good, a couple of good friends of mine, um, and I think just our conversation is going to open up some conversations with with the community that we have here. So, uh, so thanks for coming on, spending some time with us, and sharing your heart with us. Um, uh, if people want to, to learn more about you and kind of what you're doing and are just intrigued either from hearing you last week or hearing you hearing you today, uh, how can they get in touch with you? And then what would you uh, challenge them to, to do? Well, my website is just Sam Rocha, S-A-M-R-O-C-H-A dot com. You can see a kind of really blown out bio, but that no one knows me. So that way you can <laughs> kind of see all my receipts from where I was born to where I live now. There's a page with links. I'm a musician, an academic, and an author. I'm the son of an evangelist, kind of, you know, been hustling as long as I've right. been a kid, uh, like all of us in the church have to do. So you can check out those links. Um, I'm active on Twitter and Facebook. You can find me there. I guess my main message, though, is that it's true that, like, in Christ, there is no East and West. And I think there's a sense in which, like, there is no left and right. Mm-hmm. But whenever there being no left and right, no politics, no tension, means that we have no ability to to feed the hungry and to clothe the naked, well, then all of a sudden we're hiding behind that, I believe. And I feel that in 2016, I kind of uh, sinned, a sin of omission, because I, I did a lot of watching and a lot of smart commentary. But in the end, I couldn't quite do what I think I needed to do then. And I think people know what I'm talking about. I'm not yeah. going to make that same mistake this time. And, I, and, I'm, and I'm proud to make it as a, as a Roman Catholic, as a professed cradle Catholic. And I hope that my message today isn't just seen as some soft politics, but like I'm talking real politics. And so I just pray that we can all form our consciences as the church teaches us and do what's right. For sure. All right. Thanks a lot, man. I, I do appreciate your time. And I will be right back. Uh, so do not go anywhere. We're about to hit... 
couple of milestones over on the social media, and I would love to have you just join us for uh, the rest of the week. You know, the show comes out once a week, but all throughout the week, I live on social media and this room. But those are the two places that I live. So on Instagram, over at Taylor Schroll, S-C-H-R-O-L-L. We're about to hit 5,000 followers over there. That's very exciting. Uh, you can be one of those few people. Over on Twitter, uh, we've got at Taylor Schroll and at Forte Catholic. And over on Facebook, the Forte Catholic account is about to hit 1,000 followers as well. So uh, if you are not connected with us yet, you can come see the whole rest of my life and not just this craziness I do while locked in this room. Enjoy the rest of the show. Welcome back to Forte Catholic. I am rejoined by Catholic bearded man, Jonathan Blevins. The beard is like back. I love it, dude. The ran array is back, which means John is back. Wearing the new ninja merch. Uh, I, I think you know that guy. <laughs> That's really Ooh. cool that you got it. Looks great. Um, yeah, I love it. So you, you didn't have a chance to be in the interview, but you did get a chance to listen to the interview. Was there anything that stuck out to you? Anything that you wanted to respond to? Any uh, interesting thoughts that, you, that, that came out of that conversation with Sam? Sure. Yeah, you did a great job. Uh, Sam did a great job as well. Thank and you. unfortunately, I have not had the chance to listen to the debate with Trent Horn. I it was one of those things I was telling you earlier uh, that like I, I saw it happening. I saw the debates on Twitter and I hate not being part of the conversation or at least being educated on the conversation so I can see who I agree with and don't agree with on Twitter and then pass aggressively right. like those tweets. Uh, <laughs> you <laughs> no, do that too, huh? <laughs> I, actually, I don't, bro. I hate when people do that to me. I'm like, stop, stop liking the person's tweet and tell me what you think. Uh, but anyway, so I, but, so I listened to the interview that you did, though, and um, it was interesting. It was, it was good. Here's, my, here's the thing. I listened to the interview, and I'm thinking, like, so you guys kept talking about, uh, you, you, both of you kept using words like Catholic left, Catholic right. And every time I hear Catholic left, Catholic right, I always think, like, that, that it's not political and that it's about the church. Like, the ch like, either you're left on the church's teaching or you're right. Either you interpret them incorrectly and you're on the left or you interpret the churches their churches teaching correctly and you're on the right you're orthodox um and so using it in the way you guys are using it of like political left and right and being catholic um it took me a few minutes to realize that that's what you were actually talking about because i was like no the catholic right is correct the, the people who are orthodox who believe in what the church teaches um but no you were talking about politics which is great and and then obviously socialism but here's the thing that, that i found interesting and I, this is why i'm really excited to go back and actually listen to uh, the full debate. Because everything that Sam said in your interview with him, he talked about uh, different saints that have, uh, you know, changed the world because of their uh, maybe more left uh, political view. Um, they, and he talked about um, growing up and seeing different diversity and being a part of different movements that helped to end racism. Like that, those are awesome things. He talks about healthcare in particular. Um, and how he's in Canada and he saw that there's healthcare there and that he sees GoFundMe in America and thinks like, what is wrong with those people? And so I look at all that, right? And I'm like, well, yeah, that's Catholic, right? Like the Catholic way of looking at is that people should have healthcare, like that you should, we should, we should help people. Um, how that happens, now that's where I think the debate goes and that's where I'm excited to hopefully, hopefully they maybe address some of that in, in their debate because I think that's like the, the, the core of it. Everything he said, I was like, dude, yes. I, like, I am passionately Catholic about all of those issues. Um, and I do realize that on the left side and on the right side of politics that you can find some, some truth in the, in, the, in the Catholic Church in both. Um, and, and so I'm, I'm really excited to go back and actually listen. Um, but I thought you guys did a, did a good job. 
Well, thank you. And, and it's interesting, like, like it's, it's funny, I, th I think there might be one point that I was trying to make that didn't come across to you and maybe it didn't come across to other people. So I'm glad we're talking about it. Like when it comes to like right within the Catholic, right and left within the Catholic Church, most of my life I grew up with the same understanding that you just shared, right? That the right was orthodox and the left was bad. Uh, but what I've, what I've seen as I've been kind of growing and, and learning a lot of these things is that like the, the, the Catholic like right tends to like you know it, it is political so i get what you're saying right but like abort like anti-abortion is absolutely on the catholic right right like like as it not that the catholic left doesn't you can't be catholic and be pro-choice right yeah but like when it comes to what is what is pushed the most on the on the right it's 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 uh pro-life on the left it might it's uh you know things like taking care of people who can't take care of themselves due to healthcare stuff. Right. And, yeah. and funds for that side. So like, like essentially kind of where you ended. So like, I think our verbiage is just different, but essentially like somewhere in the middle is Catholic. Right. And I yeah. think that's the biggest realization that I've had over the last like, decade or so is coming from where politically and like within the church, like on the far right, super Orthodox. But what's crazy is like taking care of the poor and all of the things from like the Sermon on the Mount is also Orthodox. Right. But it's it's but just from our experience within the church, it, it kind of seems like people who like like we all have our callings in life, and a lot of people are called to like be be uh, headliners in the in the pro life movement, right? But it also seems like like in the church, people who are like the same kind of spokesmen and headliners for taking care of the poor are kind of seen as as not orthodox, and that's strange to me. And that's that, I want to kind of bring everybody back to the middle is my goal. So. Yeah, same dude, same. And, and I really am hopeful that, like, just in general, uh, we don't have to, we don't have to keep talking about politics, but like to, that in the future we'll be able to, like, I would like to uh, be able to in comfortably endorse a political person. Uh, and right now I just can't. Like, yeah, like yeah. Bernie Sanders when he was running, like, there's so many things about that that I just can't. Like, and, and, and with Trump, I, I can't. Like with him, immigration and things. Right. And so I'm just like, man, it would be nice if someday. I could endorse someone and feel like I am not compromising my Catholic values. Right. No, I, I'm totally with you. I'm totally with you. That's what I was telling Sam. I, I just feel like I don't have a home when it comes to that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, which kind of makes me feel badass. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like, you can't put me a label on me. <laughs> You're homeless, and that's how you feel. <laughs> I'm an that's emo strange. kid. <laughs> yeah. um, what's interesting, too, and we'll, we'll transition to this. So you were talking about how, like, you didn't have time to listen to the, the, to the debate. You had this desire to, but you were super busy with, you know, your church is opening back up or starting to open back up and all of these things, right? So you and I were talking just a little bit before the show about busyness. And, I, and, and uh, so I wanted to kind of get your thoughts on how you are, because you said something to me that I thought was interesting. You're like, I'm busy. I'm, I'm super busy and kind of overwhelmed. But you, you also said you're in a really good mood and things aren't going crazy. And usually when I'm overwhelmed, I'm grumpy and frustrated. Um, if you don't believe me, see the last three months of Forte Catholic podcast. <laughs> uh, uh, so I wanted to kind of talk about that. And then I had a, a little thing that I've been dealing with when it comes to busyness. So uh, why don't you just kind of explain to people what, what's been going on? Sure. Uh, well, so first I want to say, I really do not like and do not think it's healthy to glorify busyness, right? Everyone, everyone Amen. is busy, right? Everyone is busy. So when I say, when I say I've been busy, like I, I have been busier in the last few weeks than I have 
in the weeks prior. I think maybe because COVID Well, you happened. took off of work for like four months. <laughs> I did. Yeah, 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 the three months attorney leave, right? And so getting back in. So, but it has been a busier few weeks. It's just a season, right? It's everyone has their busyness in different seasons. And so, but when I say like I'm overwhelmed, uh, you know, usually that's a bad thing, right? I'm overwhelmed, especially if it's like work stuff. It, it usually means there's people sending emails I don't want to reply to or people that are angry about something. Um, and I get anxiety about that kind of stuff uh, and it just builds. And then if anything else in life becomes busy, then it's like this bad overwhelmed, but no, things are going well. Like we're, we're, we're kind of looked at as, as heroes in the church right now, trying to reopen in this pandemic and do it safely. We're offering first communions and confirmations faster than any other church in the diocese of Chicago, following the guidelines. Like we are, we are trying to, to evangelize this community um, and keep going and be on the front, on the front lines of, of doing this during this crazy pandemic. At the same time, we're, we're actually kind of allowed to leave the house now. And so our weekends are filled with finally seeing friends. Um, and, and Jody's got all these projects. So I'm, and then I'm doing a lot of stuff with like, this, like streaming and I love doing the podcast with you. And so I feel overwhelmed, but it's like a positive overwhelm. Like, you know, if there's no, there's no drama, uh, you know, marriage is good. Kids are good. Uh, but, but it's like, I've, I've got a lot of things I'm trying to juggle. So I'm overwhelmed, but in a good way. So it's still an uneasy feeling. Like I laid down my head at night and I'm like a little stressed. Cause I'm like, what am I missing? Where's the plate going to fall or the, where's the ball going to drop? Right. But, uh, but life's good. Life's good, man. No, no complaints. Good. Very good. Yeah. And like yeah, you and I were talking earlier and like one of the things that we were kind of sharing about is that like, there, there's so much that we want to be engaged in right now. There's the, there's, you know, the, the race conversation, there's this, there's this, you know, uh, government and, and politics things. There's, uh, there's statues and where do you fall on all these issues? And like, it's one of those things that like all of those, I, I, I'm glad that those things are being brought up but all of them happening at once is exhausting. Like it's, yeah. it's emotionally exhausting for me. And I, I think it's like that for a lot, if not everybody, a lot of people, if not everybody else. Right. Uh, and we want to engage in all these things, but we also have our jobs and our other, our, our, our wives and all these other things that we need to, you know, spend quality time with every now and then, John. Uh, but <laughs> but um, what I found interesting, like we all, the whole busyness thing, like that's been my life the last seven years i've had at least two jobs for the last seven years until this past month where I, I only work at forte catholic now and the thing that's been so hard for me is now i'm working like 40 hours a week and i feel completely i feel unproductive even though i'm being productive for those 40 hours because i'm not working for 70 or 80 like i have been for the last seven years yeah and this pandemic shut all of us down right and now I'm trying to get back into work and into a groove where I'm not overworking myself like I have been uh, partly by choice and partly not for the last seven years. And it's weird because I'm spending so much more time with my family. I'm taking care of myself physically. I'm taking care of myself as much as I can emotionally in these crazy times, right? But it's this guilt of not working as much as I used to. Yeah. But knowing that it's better for me and I'm just unsettled about that. Yeah, 100%. I mean, but, and, and wait, but wait until you start doing your 20 hours on top of that, because you're just going to do it, Taylor. Right? You're going to start going back to Forte uh, Gaming, and, and you're going to get 20 hours on there, and you're going to be right back in that same boat, bro. Well, that doesn't count. I'm just hanging out and playing video games. So. I love you, dude. Especially if we're staying up until 2 a.m., it doesn't count. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, like, just to kind of wrap it all up, I mean, like, like we, we're, we're both in good spirits. We're both in good moods, uh, still both busy. And, like, I think one of the things, like, I shared in the last couple of weeks, like, usually all of my show prep is 
stuff that happens in the week and all my thoughts and all of these things, you know, I go back through my Twitter and I go back through my Instagram. Like, what are my thoughts? I go through my notes and the last few weeks, there just hasn't been much there because I'm yeah. dealing with, I'm, I'm spending more time with my family and I'm dealing with what's going on around me and engaging less with the internet. Right. And, and it's, it's one of those things that like, I, I've, I, I like, I haven't skipped a show in like three years and uh, I'm going on vacation next week with my family, my, like my, me, my wife, my kids, my parents, my sisters. And you know what, guys, there's not going to be a show next week. I don't have anything else to, else to say, and I'm going to actually enjoy myself in this time with my family. I'm hoping it's growth and that it doesn't make you all angry, but it's what's happening and you can't stop me. <laughs> Listen, I'm happy for you. I will miss you, but I'm happy for you. Just remember, there's no laws when you're drinking claws, my dude. Well, that's a weird way to end the show, but it's how we're doing it. Uh, I'm Taylor Schroll. Uh, that is Jonathan Bearded Blevins. You can find him on Twitch at Bearded Blevins or on social media. Uh, just go to ForteCatholic.com. You can find everything for me there. I won't be back next week. Say it. Thank you guys for listening to today's show. I hope that you enjoyed it. If you haven't been listening over the last few weeks, uh, one of the themes has been uh, me sharing about how I now work for Forte Catholic full-time. ForteCatholic.com, as you can see, all the stuff that we are doing there other than just the show. Um, but uh, what's really been cool is to see how many people have been generous in, in supporting this mission. We are now a nonprofit 501c3, so uh, any donation is tax-deductible. And this is how we run everything at Forte Catholic. It's how I feed my family. So I would desperately... <laughs> desperately <laughs> I'm coming off as desperate I, I would love to have your support um, it would be absolutely tremendous fortecatholic.com slash donate is the way that you can do that if you'd rather do it on Patreon you can support over on patreon.com slash fortecatholic um, or you can buy some merch fortecatholic.com slash store that's all the shilling goodbye <laughs>